All right, well, let's uh, turn in the Word of God to Luke 17. Luke 17 in the Word of God. Luke 17, amen. And we'll read verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, and we'll read verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, know this uh, story there. Luke 17, verses 11 uh, through 19. All right. Let's read this together. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Say this in the Word of God. <laughs> and it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet and giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Verse 19, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. <coughs> Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord God, we're glad you're a God that has all power, uh, dear God. And Lord, I'm glad there's nothing that you can't do today. Uh, dear God. And Lord, you can do whatever you want, but Lord, I'm glad you're willing to do, uh, Lord, what we want, dear God, when we want the right thing. And I pray we want what you want. And Lord, we pray for those that are here today. We pray for those that might be listening. Lord, if there's somebody here or somebody listening that for whatever point up to this uh, for whatever reason, up to this point in their life, they've not yet been born again. They've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God, again, would bring great Holy Ghost conviction upon that heart, would open that heart and help them to understand this day, the absolute necessity of being born again by the grace of God, lest they die in their sin and go to hell. Oh, God, get a hold of that heart. Lord, we're talking about uh, loved ones, talking about friends, maybe co-workers, uh, people that we've tried to be a witness to. Lord, today, draw them unto thyself, we pray. Take the word that they've heard, maybe the word they'll hear today, and do a work in their heart. And God, I pray that each of us, dear God, would thirst for you, would hunger for you. I pray that you'd be the very desire and pursuit of our life. Lord, I pray for those with physical needs. Again, we think of Brother uh, McLean this morning. Lord, we think of uh, uh, the Baruch family and the sickness uh, among the children. Lord, we think of uh, Sister uh, uh, Muxlow and just others that have been mentioned. Lord, please touch them. And Lord, just other things that are upon our heart. Now again, help us with this portion of Scripture that in everything our desire is that Jesus Christ would be glorified and you'd build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, just some things here about Luke 17. If you were to go through Luke 17, you might notice a thought if you read verses 1 through 6. In those verses, you see the thought of the unforgiving, the unforgiving. And then in verses 7 through 10, you see the thought of the unprofitable, the unprofitable. And then down verses 20 through 37, you see the unprepared. So uh, in verse 1 through 6, you see unforgiving. Unprofitable, unprepared. 
And we shouldn't want to be any of those things. Amen. Uh, we need to learn to be forgiving. We want our life to be profitable and we want to be prepared. Amen. For what God wants to do in our life. But then in verses 11 through 19, we see the ungrateful, the ungrateful. You know, here we see Christ was on his way to Jerusalem. So he makes many stops along the way. So think about this. Christ was on his way to Jerusalem to fulfill the most important event in world history. You know, you might be into history. Well, if anybody wants to know what's the greatest event in history, well, that was the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel, amen, is the greatest event in history. And so he was on his way, amen, uh, uh, to fulfill that great event. But think about this. Yet, even though he was on his way to fulfill a great event, yet he still took time to help people along the way. Boy, what an example that is. Here he had a great task before him, the greatest task before him. And uh, we know that he set his face toward Jerusalem. But yet he, uh, he uh, didn't get uh, 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 take time. He still took time to help those along the way. And so we certainly will have no greater event or no greater task than the Lord have. But as a principle, as a thought, as an example to believers, as we go through life, we all have important tasks. We all have things we're trying to accomplish. But as we go through life and try to uh, uh, fulfill those important tasks, that needs to be fulfilled. Let us make time. Let us take time to help others along the way and be conscious. Jesus was always conscious of those. Even though he was focused on what lie ahead, he was still conscious of those around him. So as we focus on what lies ahead, right, and what the Lord might have for us, let's be always be conscious of those around us. So let's look at this event together. Again, verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were leopards, which stood afar off, which stood afar off. Now, of course, they were lepers, right? So we know that they weren't supposed to get close to people. Leviticus, you read about the leper in Leviticus and what the law says about that. Leviticus 13 verses 45 and 46 say this about the leper. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean, right? To warn people that he's, he's in the area. And all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone without the camp shall his habitation be. So we see that the lepers, they weren't supposed to uh, uh, live among uh, uh, the average person. They were they probably made a special place and they had to keep their distance. But uh, notice it says this, they stood afar off. But just I thought about that thought of standing afar off and staring at Jesus. Let me ask you this question. When you look toward Jesus today, when you look towards Jesus today, do you find yourself close or afar off? Close or afar off. And again, the lepers were rejected by society. 
The lepers were rejected by society. Boy, you know, I think about people as I walk up and down, as I go up and down the streets and go around, you see uh, people walk in the streets and uh, in different situations, circumstances. I think how many people are out there today that feel they're rejected by society, that feel that no one cares for me. Like the psalmist said, no man cared for my soul. How many people out there feel like rejected? Oh, nobody would care about what's going on in my life. Nobody's concerned about the situation I've gotten myself in. Well, hey, uh, here's the thing. Society might reject you. Society might look down on you, but I'm glad I can tell those people that Jesus rejects no man. Jesus, if he looks down on somebody, it's always, as we saw last week, with eyes of compassion and eyes of mercy, as we'll see how he looked upon these this day. And they cried out, notice in verse 13, it says, and they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They cried out. They cried out. So they prayed. Basically, hey, when you cry out to God, that's a prayer. Again, it doesn't have to be some long, fancy prayer. But hey, they cried to God. They prayed. Maybe you have a prayer uh, in your heart today. Maybe you can't even get it to your lips. What's the prayer in your heart today? What are you crying out to God for today? What do you need God to do in your life today? Well, hey, listen, he's here, he's listening, and he wants to hear the cry of your heart. He wants to meet the need of your heart or the need of your life. And thank God, amen, he heard their cry, he heard their prayer. And we see in verse 14 what it says. And when he saw them, he said unto them, now it's a sort of an interesting statement. He said to them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now notice the statement, go show yourselves unto the priest. Now what did the law say? What did the law say? And notice that statement, it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Right. As they went, they were cleansed. I thought that was interesting. Leviticus 14 verses one and two tells the, the leper what he's supposed to do when he's cleansed. It says this in Leviticus 14, one and two. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, this shall be the law of the leper. Notice this in the day of his cleansing, in the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought unto the priest. So it shows us, uh, if we understand this correctly, that the leper, they weren't supposed to see the priest unless they considered themselves cleansed already. They weren't supposed to go to the priest. Now, I mean, unless they thought there was a change, they weren't supposed to approach the priest. But if they saw, thought they were cleansed, then they could go to the priest. So what's interesting is, so by telling them, go and see the priest, he was telling them they would be cleansed that day. They would be cleansed that day. Notice he didn't say, he didn't clean. He didn't say, okay, you're clean. Now go see the priest. He just said, go see the priest. So by telling them to go see the priest, he was saying, hey, today something's going to happen in your life. Today you're going to be cleansed. So here's what's interesting. So what did they do? By stepping out, he just said, go see the priest. And then they turned and headed that way. What were they doing? By that little action, they were stepping out on the word of God. By that little action, they were stepping out on the word of God. 
So here's something interesting that, that shows us. Verse 14, it, it, it gives a good thought here. Even if you're lost, even if a person is lost, being obedient to God's word still has its benefits. Isn't that amazing? Uh, of course, uh, we want him to get saved. We're going to see what happens here in a few verses. But listen, uh, the, 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 just following the word of God will help anybody, right? They stepped out on the, and they, they, we know because we see what happens in later verses just by following uh, the word of God. So, you know, uh, 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 that's a good verse to show somebody because people mock. Well, what if you spend your whole life uh, trying to live for God and following that Bible and then you find out there's no God? Hey, uh, listen, just following the word of God is a benefit. Just living according to the word of God, the principles of the word of God is a benefit. Now, listen, so listen, you look at religious people and they try to live uh, some things according to the word of God. They got these things. You know what? Uh, even though they might not be lost, they're normally moral people. They're normally uh, 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 do some things that benefit society in the worldly sense, if you will. So I just thought that was a, a, an interesting thought that, listen, just following the word of God will help you. Just following the word of God. But notice what happens. It says in verse 15, and one of them. So we see 10 are cleansed. But then we see here in verse 16, 15 and 16. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So 10 were cleansed. But notice this. Only one turned. Only one turn. It says he turned back. You see, if you're thankful, you turn back. You will come back. Now, notice nine did not. We'll talk about that. You know, I thought about this. So you can say maybe 10% turn back. You know, we want our children to be in the top 10% or higher in school. We want them maybe to be in the top 10% or higher in sports. We want them to be the, uh, one of the top workers on their job. But how about in the top 10% of a right attitude? How about in the top 10% of thankfulness? How about on the top 10% of appreciation, acknowledgement of what others have done for you? You see, this man turns around, he shows appreciation, he shows gratitude, right? Hey, and so we see that that'll impact his life. But listen, as we're trying to teach our children, one of the most important things we can teach them is to be a person of thankfulness and realize that nobody owes you anything. I always try to instill that in my children. Nobody owes you anything. So you need to be thankful and appreciate anything that somebody does for you. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hey, uh, when you're thankful, right, you'll turn back. You'll come back. You know, uh, of course, we see this man's about to get saved. But I look back uh, when I got saved. You know what? I've been coming back ever since I got saved. Hey, I got saved 35 years ago, almost in May. And it says, you know what? I, since then, I've been turning back to church. I've been turning back to prayer. I've been turning back uh, to the word of God. You know what? Because I'm still thankful, amen, for what Jesus Christ 
day of my life, I still want to glorify God. I still want to fall. After 35 years, I still want to fall at his feet and say, worthy is the lamb. I still, amen, want him to have all of me. I still thirst and hunger and desire his will for my life. After uh, 35 years, amen, I keep coming back to him. I keep coming back uh, to Calvary. So thank God uh, he was thankful. But notice what happens here. Uh, getting down here, verse 17, it says, And Jesus answering said, Were not there ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Now notice what he said there. Were not ten cleansed. Now he didn't see them get cleansed, did he? It didn't say he cleaned them up and then said, Go see the priest, as we said a moment ago. He just said, Go see the priest. <laughs> they were cleansed while they were on their way. So that's important to note. Don't overlook that fact. Don't overlook the fact that he didn't cleanse them right there and then tell them to go. But realize he told them to go and they were cleansed along the way. So he didn't see them get cleansed. But what do we know about Jesus? He's God. He's omniscient. So he knew what had happened in each of their lives. He knew what had happened in each of their lives, even though he didn't physically see it. So uh, that's an encouragement. Listen, whether you ever come to him, whether you ever acknowledge him, he knows what is going on in your life. Hey, uh, you may never uh, turn to Jesus. You may never come to him. But still, you need to know that whatever you're doing in your life, Wherever you are in your life, whatever's going on there, God knows what's going on in your life. He sees what's happening in your life. Nothing escapes the holy gaze of Almighty God. He knows everything you've ever done. He knows everything that's happened in your life, positive or negative. He knows everything that's happened in your life. You know, maybe these, maybe these uh, 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 other lepers, maybe they were expecting a big show like Naaman. Remember Naaman, uh, the leper, when he came to Elijah, he, boy, he wanted to see something big happen. In 2 Kings 5.11, it says this, but Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord as God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You know, Naaman was wanting some big show. Yeah, and that's what most people want. Amen. It's more about them than it is about God. Listen, it's not about you. It's always about God and the Lord Jesus Christ and what he wants to do in your life. And he gets to choose how it's done. He's the one that makes a choice. Look, you don't come to God on your terms. You come to God on his terms. You come to God on his terms. So here's what you need to realize. God is not here to impress you. God is not here to impress you. God is here to help you. Hey, God doesn't care if he impresses you or not. God wants to help you. He wants to save you. He wants to change your life. He wants to do great things in you, but he's not here to, hey, he don't want to put on a big show for you, but you know what he does? He wants to put on a big show in you. He wants to put on a big show through you. That's what God wants. He's not here to impress you. Boy, you may walk out of church. Well, I'm, I want to impress. Well, good. Good. Hey, God, listen, uh, God, uh, Jesus isn't here to impress you today. He's here to help you. Amen. Hey, uh, the church here today, listen, God didn't leave us here to impress people. 
I couldn't anyway, and you can't either, so don't think you're anything else, right? We're not here to impress people. Stop trying to impress people. When you get out there, don't go out there trying to impress people with how smart you are and whatever you think you are. Get out there and look for somebody to help. Get out there and try to make a difference in somebody's life. Get out there and get somebody to Jesus. That's why we're here, amen, to help people. Hey, I don't care what people think about me, whether I can do this, right? Who cares? Hey, I may not, hey, I can't, I may not be able to sing and I can't do this and that, but I tell you one thing, if I can't do nothing else, hey, I can get somebody to Jesus. Amen. Amen, Zach. Right. We can get somebody to Jesus, right? We can give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God left us down here, amen, to help people. And he was there to help people. And notice verse 17, Jesus answered, where are the 10, right? Were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? See that question right there? That is what the pastor asks himself every church service. Amen. Amen. That is a pastor's heart right there. Where are the nine? Amen. That's what the pastor asks every church service. Where are the nine? Hey, but you know what you realized? Here's the thing. Only one showed up. You know why? Here's what I've realized and seen in life. And here's what we see in this story. Most people just want out of their leprosy. Most people just want out of their leprosy. Most people, they don't want a personal relationship with the Lord. They don't care about the Lord. They don't care that God came down in human flesh as Jesus Christ. They don't care that he walked 33 years in a holy, sinless life. They don't care that he laid down his life willingly and died and shed his blood and was buried and rose again the third day and did everything he could to save their soul and did everything he could to keep them out of hell, did everything he could to have them eternal life. They don't care about that. They just want out of their leprosy. They just want out of their situation. They just went out of their circumstance. Most people just want out of their circumstance, their difficult situation. They just want to be healed. They're in the hospital. They just want to be healed. They just want to be out of jail. They just want to be out of a financial hardship. They just want to get help and maybe in a, a relationship among other things. And as soon as they get just enough help, as soon as they're healed just enough, as soon as they walk out that uh, prison door, as soon as they get that little bit of money or as soon as they get that little bit of food, just just enough to where the pressure is lifted, just enough that this bearable and they say, I think I can handle it from here. Right. They go about their life with no regard. No regard that God has just shown mercy on them. They stay unthankful. They stay ungrateful and they stay unchanged spiritually. They didn't come, amen, to get real help. They came to get what they wanted out of God. And as soon as they get that, you see, God shows a little mercy, right? They go about, that's exactly what they did. They got cleansed. They didn't acknowledge God and they just went about their old life, whatever that life was. And you know what? Thank God they they got healed that day physically. But unless they ever came back to Jesus, those nine died in their sin and went to hell. Just, listen, 2 Timothy 3, 2 says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's what those men were. 
covetous, boasters, proud. Oh, I bet they were proud. I bet they bragged to their friends. Oh, let me tell you what Jesus did for me the other day. Oh, well, I've heard people brag about how Jesus healed them. I've heard people brag about how Jesus protected them in a car accident. I've heard them brag about how Jesus did that. Hey, I'm glad God showed mercy on you and he healed you. I'm glad God showed mercy and he protected you in that situation. But nothing that matters if you never let him save your soul. It says proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Disobedient. And that's not just for little kids. Hey, I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50. If you're disrespectful to your parents for what they've tried to do for you, amen, you are going against the word of God. Unthankful. Notice this. We say, man, uh, 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 boasters, that's bad. Blasphemers, that's bad. Being unthankful for the mercy of God in your life is a wicked, vile sin that God would have mercy on you. And yet, listen, uh, friend, listen, you, whoever you are today, you are here. All of us are sitting here by the mercy and grace of God. The fact that God has let you live up to this point, that God is allowing you to hear his word today, that's the mercy of God in your life. And you need to be thankful. So you see, 10 were cleansed, one turned, and that's why only one was transformed. Verse 18, notice he goes on to say, they're not found that returned to give glory to God. You see, why, you know, why are you here? <laughs> why are, I pray you're here today to give glory to God, to give glory to God. Save this stranger. You see, he was a Samaritan. So you know what that means. Now, he told him to go see the priest. Well, the priest is what? He's a Jew. And we know, right? The Bible says uh, the, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. You see, the priest probably would have rejected that Samaritan. You see, if those 10 would have showed up and said, we're here to see the priest, whoever guarding that door, he just said, well, uh, you nine can go in. You just go about your way. You see, here's the thing. Here's a, a, another reminder. God rejects no one. God rejects no one. Hey, listen, here's the thing. Listen, uh, listen, if those 10 showed up here today, we'd be glad to see all 10. We are glad to see the Jew today. We're glad to see the Samaritan today. We're glad to see every uh, race and creed here today. We're glad to see everyone. We're glad for anyone that walks through that door, amen, and wants to get some help from the Lord Jesus Christ. We're glad that you're here. Again, the priest might reject you, but God will not reject you. He says he's just a stranger. Hey, God is here for the strangers. Ephesians 2, 12 and 13, read these verses in Sunday school. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. If you're not saved today, you are a stranger to the things of God. You have no hope. Outside of Jesus Christ, you have no hope. And you're without God in the world because God, Jesus is God. But thank God for verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, it says they saw him from afar off, are what? Are made nigh. That's what God wants. You may have come here this morning, you may be listening this morning, and you may be looking at Jesus, but boy, he just seems like he's afar off. 
Today, you can leave here nigh unto God. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God there's still power in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's power, power, power. We like to add those powers when we sing. Amen. There's power, power, power. How many times you can say it? Amen. In five seconds, right? Power, 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 power. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. We want people to know that the blood of Jesus Christ still, right? Is it the 27th? On March 27th, 2022, the blood of Jesus Christ still cleanses from all unrighteousness. Thank God for that. And so, uh, 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 he, he, but he, here's a, let me, let me give you another thought here. Verse 19, right? He said, where are the nine? But then he does something for this man in verse 19. Here's a good lesson here. You know, we were joking about where's the nine. You know, we said, well, the pastor says that every time. Sometimes we feel like that way. We've invited people and we've tried to do something. Here's a good lesson. Either we can get frustrated about the nine or 90 percent that didn't show up. Right. Right. Man, I witnessed this person. That person told me they were coming. I gave a track to that person. All these people told me they were coming. We've all had that happen, especially if you've been a missionary, right? We've all had that coming. Either we can, we can get, so think about this as you're out there trying to witness people. I think there's a good lesson in this verse. Either we can get frustrated about the nine or 90% that didn't show up or, or ask, what can I do for the one that did? How can I take this person to the next level? Amen. How can I help this person? And that's what Jesus did. He, he, he noted that the other nine didn't show up, but immediately he focused on the one that did show up. Amen. And so I want you to know, uh, God wishes a lot more people would have showed up today, but I want you to know today you're here. You showed up. And today Jesus is focused on you. Jesus is focused on you and about what needs to be done in your life. Jesus cares about what needs to happen in your life and what you need from him today. Jesus cares. And notice what he says to him. Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. So we see here those other ones. They'd had an experience with Jesus, right? They got healed. But remember this, just because you had some quote unquote experience with God or experience with Jesus doesn't mean you're saved. Just because maybe he had some mercy on you and he healed you or he got you out of a situation doesn't mean you're saved. How many people have we heard say that, right? Talk about soul winning, right? Well, I know I'm saved, man. This happened. I was in this situation or I was in a car wreck or I was this or that. Hey, I'm glad God had mercy on you, but he had mercy on you so you could have another opportunity to be truly saved. Amen. Not just saved, but transformed through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. So just because you've had some quote unquote experience with God, Jesus doesn't mean you're saved. There's a big difference between physical or emotional and spiritual healing. A big difference. A matter of fact, an eternal difference. There's an eternal difference between physical healing and spiritual healing. All got all 10 got cleansed. So you know what that shows? God's good to all. We know the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. God is good. Every, listen, there's 7.9 billion people in the world today, and they're all breathing God's air. Amen. They're all digging, amen, their vegetables from God's ground, right? 
Amen. Leave the cucumbers there, but dig up those vegetables and that fruit. Amen. It's all from God's ground. God. You know, I like that. Uh, I, I, I like that story about the, the scientists said, hey, well, they challenged God. Amen. They said, hey, we finally learned how to how to make it, make, make, make a man. So they challenged God. Amen. Uh, uh, to a contest. So they, they picked a place to meet God and they showed up with a truckload of dirt. God looked at him and said, get your own dirt. Amen. Get your own dirt. It all belongs to God. And so God is showing grace and mercy. But listen, that's good. I'm glad God is everybody. There's nobody that can't say God is not good to them. But it's one thing to say God's good. It's another thing to say, I remember the day that he saved my soul. I remember the day when I looked up and I didn't see Jesus afar off. Suddenly Jesus was standing here and I realized that he died for me and shed his blood for me and was buried and rose again the third day for me. And that day I repented of my sins and put my trust by the grace of God in his finished work for me. And I was born again. Hey, listen, I'm glad one day he, he healed me physically. I'm one day one, glad one day he helped me in other areas. But that's the day he saved my soul. That's the day I turned back, amen, from the life I was living. That's the day I was transformed through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice what he said, go thy way. You see, everyone that gets healed gets healed by the grace of God. There's people in the hospital today and they're going to walk out one day and they probably won't even acknowledge God, but they got healed and were able to walk out by the grace of God. Too few recognize that. Too few acknowledge that, like in our story today. But notice what he said, go that way. He did not say, he didn't say, now go to the priest. You see, there was no need to go to the priest anymore. You see, thy faith has made thee whole. You see, again, you think being cleansed physically was good. Jesus said this, hey, hey, listen, uh, you, listen, you, you, you're shouting over that. Hey, you're, you're worshiping me for that just because I healed you physically? I'm about to really give you something to shout about. Amen. Hey, I'm glad one day he gave me something to really shout about. Amen. Not just in a moment. Amen. But something I could shout on the rest of my life and for eternity. When he saved my soul, he said, man, you think that was good. I'm really about to do something for you. And he did. He said, I'll give you something to shout about. So, hey, you said you've been cleansed from some. He, he says uh, uh, you're about to be you've been cleansed. Amen. But now you've been cleansed from something worse than leprosy. You've been cleansed from sin. Listen, hey, maybe what's going in your life. You say, oh, this has happened in my life. That's bad. Oh, that happened in my life. Oh, that's bad. Oh, listen. But there's nothing as bad as still being in your sin and still being on your way to hell. Listen, he said this, you don't need a priest to pronounce you clean. He can't see the inside. Christ has pronounced you clean and made you whole. You see, the old covenant said go to the priest, right? The old covenant said go to the priest. You know what the new covenant says? Once you've come to Jesus, you don't need to go anywhere else. <laughs> Amen. You see, uh, the, the, those other lepers, they stayed under the old covenant. Hey, they came to Jesus. He only healed them physically. So, hey, they were still under the old covenant. But once you come to Jesus and get saved, you're under the new covenant. Hey, once you come to Jesus, you don't need anybody else. He's got all that you need. Amen. Once you've come to him, you don't need to go to anybody else. So he could say to them, hey, listen, those other ones, they had to go to the priest. Amen. But you got something better today. You've come to me. Now there's no reason to go anybody else. Once you've come to him, you've come to the right place. You don't need to go anywhere else. Luke 750, the Lord said to the man, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Again, Here's the thing. We may not all need physical healing, 
But we all sure need a touch from Jesus spiritually. Have mercy on us, they cried. Have mercy on us, they cried. Again, even if you are lost, the fact you have made it in life up to this point, the fact that you're still alive at this point is by the mercy of God. How thankful are you? How thankful are you? How grateful are you? Have you shown gratitude to Jesus for his mercy in your life, for his blessings? And if you're saved this morning, are you still thankful for the day that he saved your soul? You see, the one came back. He was not saved yet. He just acknowledged and appreciated the mercy God showed him. Amen. He, he, was, he was thankful for a physical healing. Well, that said something about if nothing else, the man had a little bit of character, at least over the other guys. That's good. But how much more should we be grateful once we're saved? And here, 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 here's, here's the great thing. Here's what we see about God. You see, these lepers, they were shunned by society. These lepers were supposed to keep their distance. And listen, what, 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 what did, what did, here's what it shows about Jesus. Jesus meets you right where you're at. Jesus meets you right where you're at. Amen. You don't have to change. Hey, he, he, he didn't say he, he didn't say, hey, uh, uh, go see this and do this. Then come back and talk to me. Amen. He was ready for him right there. Listen, whatever your condition today, Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. Amen. I, I, I love what it says in the Old Testament. The, the prophet said, I sat where they sat. Amen. Jesus wants to <laughs> pull up a seat right next to you, if you will. Amen. And he wants to be your friend. But first of all, he wants to be your savior. So Christ meets us in our present condition. So as, as, as we uh, 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 finish up here, what, what do we see? We see nine, you see, they went back. But thank God for that one that made the decision to turn back. So see, you have a choice this morning. You have a choice. You have a choice to make this morning if you're not saved. You can either go back you can either go back to the life you've been living. You can go back and stay in your sin. You can go back headed towards hell. You can go back in your misery and all that, 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 that life, amen, and the world gives to you. You can go back. Hey, nobody's going to lock that door. Nobody's going to stop you from going out that door. You can go back. But you know what else you can do? You can turn back. You can say, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I want to turn back. I want to turn back to Jesus. I want to fall at his feet. I want him to save my soul. I want him to do for me what I can't do for myself. Oh, somebody help me to turn back. Get me to Jesus and fall at his feet. Amen. And let him do what needs to be done in your life today. You can go back to the old life or you can turn back to Jesus and find a new one in him. You see, it's great to, hey, hey, I'm sure being healed was a blessing. I'm sure being healed, well, hey, listen, uh, listen, when I've been in pain or something, listen, when I get healed, you know, I say, man, that's a blessing. <laughs> Can I get a witness there? Being healed is, when, 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 my, when my knees hurt and then they stop, I say, ooh, thank you, Lord. That's a blessing. But you know what's better than having a blessing? Having the blesser. <laughs> Amen. Hey, not only do I get blessings, but you know what? I have the blesser. Amen. He lives inside of me. I live in his. Hey, not only do I get a blessing every day, but every day I get to enjoy life with the blesser. 
Amen. So if he chooses to heal or his timing and all that, that's, that's, that's up to him. But I'll tell you what, whether my knee's hurting or not, I still enjoy living for the blesser. Amen. I still enjoy having Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I still enjoy being in the will of God, hopefully, on a daily basis. So listen, my friend, what, a, what an example we see here. Think Ten were cleansed. Hey, where are the nine? I don't know. I don't know where the nine are. I don't know where the other 90% are, but I know where you are. You're here. And you're here by the mercy of God. And you're here because God loves you. You're here because there's other people that love you and care about you. Amen. And want to see you get the help that you need and that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, amen, we're getting ready. We're getting ready. You know, we're going to close and we're going to sing our song. You know, it's it's what we do as Baptists, right? But listen, what, the question is what we're going to do. We know what we're going to do. We're getting ready to sing a song. The question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back or are you going to turn back? You going to be content with some blessing you got somewhere in your life? Or are you finally going to say, hey, I want more than a blessing. Amen. I want the blesser. Let's pray.